the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And Corner Office CEO. We are the Biz 1440. KYCR Golden Valley, Minneapolis, St. Paul. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. SpaceX launching its mega rocket starship today. In the Texas desert. Sadly, it lost both the booster and the spacecraft in a pair of explosions minutes into the flight. And a webcast SpaceX commentator, Kate Tice, says there was still a lot of helpful information that can be gained from the launch. So it's not a total loss. What? Honestly, such an incredibly successful day, even though we did have um, a RUD or a rapid unscheduled disassembly of both the super heavy booster and the ship. That's great. We got so much data and that will all help us to improve for our next flight. And this is the second time that SpaceX has run into a mishap with this project. This is SRN News. What is your healing power? Maybe your healing power is helping veterans with PTSD, traumatic brain injuries, depression, anxiety, or loneliness. Is your healing power a simple heartfelt letter or being a volunteer? It is estimated that over a half a million current warfighters will return from service diagnosed with PTSD and 22 veterans will commit suicide every day. Our veterans have paid the ultimate sacrifice for our country at HealVets.org. You can find out more about the healing power of pen pals, volunteers, therapy kits, and more. Discover your healing power at HealVets.org. Help Heal Veterans, together with you, has been helping one recovering veteran at a time. We are helping veterans heal together. What is your healing power? To find out about your power, visit HealVets.org. This PSA is sponsored by Help Heal Veterans. All of us love sports, but not all sports are created equal. College sports have big budgets, dedicated alumni networks, and corporate sponsorships. Professional sports have even deeper pockets. Millionaire owners, lucrative TV and radio deals, and merchandise sales. High school sports have you. Everyone agrees high school sports give us plenty of reasons to cheer. And now's a great time for us to give back. Supporting your hometown high school won't cost you much, but it will go a long way to ensuring the games we love the most are here to stay. Minnesota High School Sports. They're good for our kids, good for our community, and best of all, they're good for you. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Activities Administrators Association. Portions of the following program may have been pre-recorded. Come on, rise and shine. It's a beautiful day, isn't it? It's going to be a great year. Turn all the lights on and kill the noise. The Biz 1440 presents the best two hours of economic news and commentary. Is it safe? It's the King Banyan Show. This is a man. Your source for penetrating economic insight, razor-sharp analysis, and unflinching universal thought. My mind is a globe with whirling transient nodes of thought. Everything you need to maintain clarity and stay ahead of the economic curve. Now, here's Professor King Banyan. Welcome back, King Banyan Show, The Biz 1440. I'm just looking at this very interesting graph. The Yemeni Rial exchange rate versus the dollar. All of the notes of the Yemeni Rial were printed by t- on or before 2016. There's been no issue since then. So what do you think has happened to its value versus the U.S. dollar? 
correct. It's appreciated. So now um, you can now see that uh, the Real trades, the the Real now has um, uh, um, much more value. It's, you can actually. I'm just looking at the at, at the price here. Let me look. Let me open up this graph a little bit more. Let's just. I just got to look at this graph a little. What's he trying to say? Okay, so um, yeah, the real value has gone from seven hundred and forty nine. Yeah, 749 real to the dollar down to 526 real to the dollar. Um, gosh, that's that's quite a bit. Um, that's that's super interesting. Anyway, I, I'm thinking about that because we're going to talk a little bit about uh, about what we heard in terms of um, of how we're setting uh, policy. In this world where we, we, we're saying the economy's slowing down, it looks like we're coming to what I'll call a growth recession. But I will note, I posted it uh, using the hashtag uh, pound KBRS. I posted a, uh, I posted a, on Twitter, or X, formerly known as Twitter, I guess I have to call it that now, that recessions usually follow excitements about soft landings. Uh, a nice piece written by... Um, written by Tyler Cow, excuse me, by John Authors um, uh, this week, uh, where he takes all of the data, right? So first of all, he looks, if you look at a Bloomberg terminal uh, earlier this week on Wednesday, uh, and you typed in soft la- the word soft landing, you could get 20, you could get uh, t- what looks like 21 hits of stories. Uh, that included the word soft landing from the Wall Street Journal, from uh, Bloomberg, uh, from uh, Down Jones Services, uh, Bazinga, Ajans France Press, um, etc. Everywhere. There are stories about soft landings. And if you look at news trends, um, news trends, the soft landing scenario had peaked around the early part of September and had been in decline over the last few months as people started to realize, yeah, maybe we're not going to have a soft landing. But this week was the the week of soft landing. The was absolutely the week of the, the week in which we believe soft landings uh, begin. And what uh, authors showed in his article is this this pretty cool graph drawn by Jeff Schultz at Clearbridge Capital and what the graph what the graph shows is that prior to the recessions in 2001 and the great financial crisis in 2007 the number of hits on Google for terms soft landing spiked and so the purpose of this hour is to t- think about why does that happen? Is this simply uh, part of the part of the uh, stages of grieving, um, where we're gonna bar- we're bargaining for? Okay, we can have a recession, but it has to be a soft one. We can't have a hard one, you know, because that would really hurt. Hard landings hurt, so give us a soft one. We know you got to do this. It's yeah, okay, but just don't make it hurt too much. Is that really all this is, or? Um, or is there something else going on? Um, like wanting to keep the money flowing and to continue to support bad investments. I actually wanted to talk a little bit about that too, because there was this very interesting article written by, by, um, an economist, uh, at a site back. I love called economist writing every day. If you've never seen economist writing every day, you should, you should add it to your collection of blogs. It's 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 superb. Um, but I wanted to, to, to talk through that um, for a few reasons. A few reasons. So let me give you, first of all, uh, I wanted to play again this idea and why I think this is, why I, wh- where I think this is coming from, which is the please don't take the punch bowl away idea. Do what you can to make this as soft as possible. So this is this is why I'm using the the reference to the stages of grief, and this is the bargaining process. 
Listen again. This was Jeremy Siegel on CNBC on Wednesday, I believe. Um, Cut number five. What I would say is that the, you know, Jay Powell has to be on the lookout. We are slowing. I'm not saying we're going into recession at all, but he has to be as sensitive to the real data going down, uh, you know, as he claims he's so hypersensitive to that inflation data. So that's bargaining along with still a little bit of anger, right? Denial, anger, grief, acceptance. Uh, denial, anger, bargaining, acceptance, right? Four stages. I, you know, he the, he still got a little bit of a, there's still a little bit of the, of, of the, hey, Jay Powell, you've been pretty mean to us. And I wonder if, if that, that in fact is, uh, that in fact is what's happening. So I wanted to play a couple cuts from uh, some of the, from, uh, first of all, from, uh, one of the presidents who she's relatively new in this job, Susan Collins. She's the president of the Federal Reserve Bank in Boston. Um, and she gave a she gave a speech in Boston uh, on yesterday, on Friday, and was observing about inflation and had this to say. This is cut number four. Part of the move towards a better balance has come through an increase in labor supply. The labor force participation rate for prime age workers is higher today than it was just before the pandemic, a development that few expected even a year ago. And some of the larger gains in participation have occurred among women and minority groups. A better understanding of the behavior of labor force participation is important if the Fed is to meet both its full employment and its price stability goals. That should be music to Professor Siegel's ears. She she's saying, look, we're achieve. We think we off land, and we think we know even why. Because it could be because we're getting more labor force participation, and even goes one step further, say we're getting labor force participation from the people we want to participate in the labor market. Okay, women, minorities, those are the folks that we want. To, you know, we want those folks to be participating more in the marketplace, and so. It was very interesting to hear to hear uh, 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 President Collins um, trying to basically say, "I we think we're hitting this soft landing," and and I I could have I could have picked out anybody else that's out there who has been making these types of calls to do that, and we're seeing labor force participation go up, and everything's going to be fine. But this is the cut, and, I, and I'm going to play it more than once because Spencer and I both were like, oh, my gosh, that was really good. Okay, so yesterday on, on uh, Bloomberg's morning TV show, Mohamed El Arian, um, who used to be also at PIMCO a long time ago, so I've got two PIMCO people, McCulley and, 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 and El Arian, uh, but who's now the president of, uh, Queens, of Queens College or now King's College, excuse me, uh, in London, and um, is still an advisor to Allianz Capital, and um, very highly respected economist. Was they had him on as like a guest co-host on Bloomberg yesterday? I actually started to watch the entire two hours because it's like, okay, if you if you know anything about me, I I. If I did not, if I was retired, my mornings would probably be down in the basement watching two hours of Tom Keen. I love him. <laughs> the guy with the bow tie on Bloomberg in the morning, love him. I, I, I could just listen to him all day. He's hilarious uh, in, in how he asks questions and, and, and does. And then, but he had Jonathan Farrow on who I have, I don't have the same love for him I have for Tom Keene, but that would be that's a hard thing to match. But then they had El Arian on, so two of my three favorite people to listen to on the financial news networks are on the same for two hours at the same time. I'm digging out those two hours tonight. I'm watching them. Um, I, I I will have I will have a blast um, uh, doing that. But because I didn't have time for it last night, I was at a concert. Uh, but um, anyway. Well, Arian was asked a number of things, and there were like all kinds of clips of him. But this 30 seconds was like both Spencer and I thought, 
this is really remarkable. Let's play this cut number three. The reason why they missed the inflation call and got stuck on this notion that it would go away very quickly is because they weren't listening to company after company saying that the costs are going up and they believe they can pass it on because demand is strong. Today, most companies are telling you demand is softening really quickly. We've heard this both at the high end and at the low end, which is really unusual. So you've got to go be more look forward-looking and stop relying on dated numbers. Right. This excessive data dependency is going to get us into another problem. I want to take some time in the next segment to explain in detail why that is such an amazing point to make and how I think depending on depending on or let me put it this way. The way I distinguish great policymakers from not great policymakers is in no small part their willingness to come out and listen and consider the opinions of people who are actually have skin in the game, the people who, who are investing, the, the business owners, the business leaders that are out there, spending time listening to an earnings call. Um, or, or just having coffee with a business owner and saying, what's going on in your, your business? And actively listening, asking questions. It's what we do here and what we've done here for years with our quarterly business report. Um, and I want to spend some time talking with you about that. Let's take a break here. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on The Biz, 1440. The Ramsey Show. My husband got involved in day trading and has lost about $150,000. Whoa. Um, $4,800 a month in minimum payments. Direct, honest, The Ramsey Show. Weekdays 1 to 4. Every day, the men and women of the United States Marine Corps demonstrate their commitment to defend the American way of life. Since 1775, we have served our nation as a force in readiness. From combat operations to humanitarian assistance in every corner of the world. No matter where the mission takes us today or wherever our country needs us tomorrow, we always remember the land we call home. As Marines, we take a stand for each other, for our nation, for us all, the few, the proud, the Marines. Are you tired of going online every day and getting news meant to make you afraid and anxious? And all that meaningless celebrity gossip fighting for your attention? Want something different? Something positive? Make your homepage Christianity.com. Replace the bad news and fake news with the good news. The life-changing gospel truth meant to encourage your daily walk with Christ. With daily devotionals, answers to life's tough questions, and meaningful Bible study from your favorite pastors and authors on today's current events and issues, you now have a homepage that reflects your life and your faith. Don't settle for the negativity and superficiality that the rest of the Internet offers. Instead, choose a homepage that will uplift you and strengthen your faith. Join the thousands of others who have made the switch to Christianity.com and experience the difference that good news can make in your life. Don't wait any longer to make a change. Choose Christianity.com as your homepage today and embrace the positivity and inspiration that comes with the good news of Jesus Christ. Need a good shot of your favorite pastor? Well, you can get him anywhere and everywhere at OnePlace.com and the OnePlace app. If you miss the daily dose of encouragement you need, find it there. If you want to hear that great sermon one more time, it's all there. We don't encourage you to leave this station, not ever. But when you want a repeat, you know where to go. OnePlace.com and the OnePlace app. No matter what happens, we're always on. 
Advantage Autoglass is your local autoglass specialist for over 20 years. Expect a lifetime warranty and no insurance hassle. Visit ReplaceMyWindshield.com. ReplaceMyWindshield.com. Welcome back, King Banyan Show, the Biz 1440. So, there is, there's a risk of being too data dependent, right? Everyone takes a piece of data and picks it apart. I didn't spend much time in the last hour talking about the industrial production data because they, and they were very negative. But one of the reasons I didn't pay attention to it was well, we know that the strike, the, particularly the UAW strike, cause reduction in the amount of cars produced and indeed the auto production numbers the auto production numbers were down 10% in the month of October well guess what it's going to happen in November it's going to come right back everyone's back to work i don't think you should pay a lot of attention to that those to that particular piece of data but there is a tendency to really be caught up in data and this is a piece of advice i give people based on and, and my students, who particularly those who take forecasting from me, based on experience I had in working overseas. So I think somewhere in the in one of the earlier intros to the to to this the King Banyan show, they used to mention that that I was an advisor. Right, I worked in uh, five different countries as a as a an advisor or or consultant. Um, in places around the world, the, my, the most time I've ever spent in any country was actually in Ukraine back in the 90s, where I worked inside the National Bank as, as a resident advisor. Um, I'll give you a little bit of insight into that, which is what were they interested in? How would you get the – so you work in – and so what I would do usually is I would do two things for – an economics department that was inside either a central bank or a ministry of finance. Those are the only two groups I've ever worked with. There are economics departments and other government agencies too, but those are the two that I'm familiar with. Um, you would go in and you tr- look, do two things. One, evaluate the quality of the data that they were providing their policymakers. All right, I'll set that aside. I spend a lot of time on that. We've talked about that here in the past. So when, when people tell me, you know, well, what's going on inside the data, I actually try to talk to people who create the data to say, how did you measure that? Tell me what the process was. Okay, I'm, su- I'm curious about that. Okay, put that aside. The other part which was important is how do I communicate this information in a way that my, my boss, the decision maker, I'm sending a report up to the governors, to the chair, to the to the board of trustees or something like that how do i provide them with information that is that is understandable and and allows them to take action so we would we would we were and again we're doing this in the 90s with far fewer tools for communication than we have today it was all paper-based um the last place i did this kind of work for was in 2003 really didn't change that much um, and so we would give them, so we would say, we're going to limit it to one page. We're going to have a set of data at the top and we're going to have a, like a paragraph and promise no more than two paragraphs of analysis at the bottom. Eventually later on, I got to the point where it was like, uh, they don't, they're not reading the paragraph. Let me try bullet points. I could sometimes get them to actually make a bullet point snap for them policymakers, particularly the ones that are inexperienced, um, who don't have their own point of view, uh, don't have a theory of how an economy works, will glom on to data. And they'll memorize data points. As, and and, and I, I, I say this respectfully. Um, but sometimes you want to demonstrate your understanding of the of the information out there, and so you will memorize a number. 
I'm not going to name names, but I will tell you for I'll tell you for certain there are some people who are in policy making positions who I know got a got a one page or a two page report. I'm going to bet a one page. Circled a number on it, memorized that number, then used it on used it when they spoke to a reporter or when they went into a meeting. And that happens, I'm just saying, that's my observation. That happens a lot. Can I prove it to you? No. How, would, how could I prove that to you? I'm just telling you that's what I've seen. And, and, and I've been in a room where I've seen, seen some of those like, ah, I know where you got that number from because my people wrote that report. I think this is what Muhammad Alarian was saying yesterday on Bloomberg when he says this. Play again. Cut number three. The reason why they missed the inflation call and got stuck on this notion that it would go away very quickly is because they weren't listening to company after company saying that the costs are going up and they believe they can pass it on because demand is strong. Today, most companies are telling you demand is softening really quickly. We've heard this both at the high end and at the low end, which is really unusual. So you've got to go be more look forward-looking and stop relying on dated numbers. Right. This excessive data dependency is going to get us into another problem. When I ran for the legislature which is also I think mentioned in the in the intro to this piece. I ran I ran for the state house twice. Uh batted 500. Um and you can guess the order. The the um one of the first things we did was done. I talked to a, a few people, my friends. And frankly, when you're starting a political campaign, the first thing you do is you go to your friends and say, "Hey, I'm starting a political campaign. You're one of my friends." Would you give me 50 bucks? Would you give me 100 bucks? Would you give me $500 to run this campaign, to, to support my campaign? Get me help, get me off the ground. My, my network included a few business people, some of whom I'd met through our survey. And through the survey work that we had done in the quarterly business report that we do here at St. Cloud State, I had learned the value of having that input of business owners into what we're into how we were trying to forecast the local economy. So what these guys is well, they took it to a second level. They would bring these two these two gentlemen, one of them's passed away, the other one still lives here in the community, would bring together about 15 to 20 business owners. We'd buy them coffee and We'd, we'd, we'd have 7 a.m. meetings. And one thing you should know about me, I hate 7 a.m. meetings. I hate them. But I showed up. Why? Because this is, this is the time you could get an executive to show up because they, they want to be in their office by 8. It's 7 o'clock. They're usually working. They're showing up because they want to hear what everyone else is saying. They sat down and spent an hour telling me, here's what's going on in my business. Here are the issues I'm having. If you were in the legislature, here are the things that would help us. Right? That was, and we did, I want to say over the course of two years, we probably did a dozen of those. Yeah, I want to say about every two months we probably did, we we probably did those on average every two months. And I can't think of a better 12 hours I spent learning what it's like to actually run a business. Because frankly, I've never run a business. I'm an academic economist. I've never run a business. Most of the people you're listening to on this, you know, when we when we play these guys, they've never run a business. I respect the fact that El Arian actually is trying to run a university. Running universities is pretty dang hard, uh, unless you're Harvard and you've got a you got a hundred billion dollars endowment. Like, yeah, you kind of do what you want because there's always a backstop. But same true for government. But you know, I I think there is value in getting that kind of information, and that's not there. And so, when I listen to the Susan Collins clip, I'm like, yeah, she's data dependent. I'm not saying she doesn't know what she's doing. Uh, I'm not saying, but the data can sometimes substitute 
for having a real idea of how an economy works and understanding how to interpret when someone's in a conversation with you telling you, here's what's happening in my business. I think that's the difference. And I have, I'm, I'm, I'm saying to you, uh, as someone that's worked in with a number of government officials, and in, 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 uh, I'll name off the countries, Ukraine, Armenia, Macedonia, Egypt, Indonesia, um, uh, really didn't do that kind of work in Mongolia. Um, but the, those five countries, I've seen officials who didn't have a model for how the, the economy worked, but they didn't want to look dumb in a meeting. And so they would come in with a number or two or three cited frequently out of context or used in a way that maybe didn't connect the various pieces of the numbers they had in place. And the more and so the more I hear folks cite data as if it tells them something valuable, I think the less we know. And why in this next clip we need to talk about the speech given yesterday at the European Central Bank in uh, Frankfurt uh, by San Francisco Fed President Mary Daly. It was remarkable, a remarkable speech. And we're going to play a few clips from that coming up right after these messages here on the King Banyan Show on The Biz 1440. Urgent Camp Lejeune settlement message. On September 6th, the government announced it will soon begin providing fast, guaranteed settlements to Camp Lejeune Marines, families, and civilians. Awards will range between $100,000 and $550,000 with an option for higher amounts. If you or a loved one spent time at Camp Lejeune and suffered cancers of the bladder, liver, or kidneys, leukemia, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, Parkinson's, or kidney issues, you may qualify for compensation and could be paid within 60 days after accepting your settlement with your VA benefits fully protected. You may be entitled to a significant financial award for your Camp Lejeune claim, but you must act now. Call the James Harris Law Camp Lejeune helpline now to get the compensation you deserve. We're already fighting for thousands harmed by the water at Camp Lejeune. Call now or you may forever lose your right to be awarded a settlement between $100,000 and $550,000. For your free evaluation, call 800-320-7171. That's 800-320-7171. 800-320-7171. Do you own a timeshare? Well, face the facts. You made a mistake. You made a bad purchase. A timeshare is not an investment. It's a money pit that continues forever. If you use your timeshare, that's great. But if you don't and you want to legally get out of your contract, call my friends right now at the Timeshare Exit Hotline. They're an experienced team of lawyers who help good people like you get out of a timeshare contract that they just don't want. Don't throw away your money on maintenance fees. Use it for things you really want. We can help you end your timeshare contract and stop the money drain immediately. If you are ready to move on with your timeshare, call our team right now. Cancel your timeshare now with a free call. 800-890-5957 That's 800-890-5957 C.S. Lewis once said, Education without values seems to make man a more clever devil. A Christian education is the solution to this problem and can be yours for half price for your child's first year. TwinCitiesTuitions.com and area schools are working together to make this a reality for families just like yours. Now you can equip your child with the knowledge and moral foundation needed for them to make an impact in today's world. To see the full list of participating half-off tuition institutions, go to TwinCitiesTuitions.com. That's TwinCitiesTuitions.com. Record-setting four-time Emmy Award winner Michelle Tafoya discusses politics and the state of our culture, free from mainstream media pressures. That means you'll find unhindered commentary and astute observations that bring greater depth to the topic at hand. Insight from subject matter experts and thought leaders round out the conversation. Watch the Michelle Tafoya podcast free on YouTube or stream via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Tonight there's going to be a jailbreak somewhere in this town. 
Welcome back, King Banyan Show, the Biz 1440. Uh, so in uh, 651-289-4477, number to call with questions and comments, 651-289-4477. Okay? And I, I, so I'm asking you really to engage this, this particular idea. When you see people use data, right, um, frequently it's used as a crutch rather than as a tool or as, as, as a piece of evidence. And you see it in many cases. You see it in many places. And I, again, and I'm going to play it one more time, Spencer, because it's just so valuable. Muhammad Al-Aryan, yesterday, during he was an invited guest on to uh, the Bloomberg Morning uh, TV program, uh, and uh, and this was 30 seconds of, of what I think was really a brilliant observation. Cut three. The reason why they missed the inflation call and got stuck on this notion that it would go away very quickly is because they weren't listening to company after company saying that their costs are going up and they believe they can pass it on because demand is strong. Today, most companies are telling you demand is softening really quickly. We've heard this both at the high end and at the low end, which is really unusual. So you've got to go be more look forward-looking and stop relying on dated numbers. Right. This excessive data dependency is going to get us into another problem. Excessive data dependency is was the rocket fuel for team transitory back in 2021. And now his, his point is, his point is it could be the rocket fuel for keeping rates too high for too long, which might be true. Almost on the same day. In fact, I'm going to say probably within a couple hours of, of El Arian saying this on Bloomberg, president Mary Daly of the San Francisco Federal Reserve appears on a stage to give, a ta- some introductory remarks and then did a Q&A, which is now apparently mandatory for any t- any time you have a Fed official. They'll get up and talk for 15 minutes and they'll answer questions for 45. That's, that's, that's just how they roll. And frequently the 15 minutes isn't enough time for you to unpack anything really major. You go through and read some data that you got from from one of your from one of your research folks or maybe from the system office from the the board offices uh, uh, staff economists and so forth Daly really did none of that in this speech I thought it was really remarkable but she spent some time reflecting on on uh, some some of the uh, past policy decisions made and dates back dates back to Ben Bernanke, dates back to Paul Volcker, and so forth, and talks about, talks about you know, central banks acted boldly when the moment demanded it, um, judging that the risks from aggressive measures were smaller than from the cost of any potential policy errors. But she said, back then, we had really good data. And she says, right now, we don't have this. Let's let's start with these. We got, we got a few of these that, that sort of build in a crescendo to uh, to uh, what I think is a really important conclusion. Let's start here. Cut seven. When uncertainty is high and the risk to our objectives are more balanced, we need to practice gradualism, to resist the desire to be certain when we don't know, to react to not knowing with curiosity, and to adhere to the idea that patience, measured adjustments, and continual reassessment make for better outcomes. Gradualism has had really sort of a bad reputation in economics uh, because it's believed it's what gets you into these sort of, you know, you're behind the curve or stop-go policies and so forth. But I think it takes some courage to be able to tell people you're uncertain about what things are happening. Um, and, and, and to, to react with caution. Let me con- let's continue with this. Cut number eight. Practicing gradualism means having the confidence, the wherewithal, to say that we don't yet know. 
and keeping an open mind about what the world is bringing. There are many times when gradualism is the best strategy, and there are countless examples of central banks using this more cautious approach. And and I, I happen to have the uh, full the full uh, 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 speech in front of me, and it's heavily footnoted. I will tell you. And so she cites uh, example after example after example of where uh, folks had uh, where folks had uh, uh, cited this uncertainty, going all the way back to the Federal Reserve's notes on the Federal Reserve back in the 1960s. Um, let me let's continue. Cut number nine. We are not certain about whether inflation is on track to return to two percent. We are unsure about the length of lags and whether they are behind us are still to be fully realized. And we are uncertain about whether the dynamics we observe today are cyclical remnants of the post-pandemic recovery or indicators of structural shifts and a new normal for the national and global economy. It's sort of cliche to say the to say that some of the most powerful words you can say as a well, I, I, I put in my own world a, a professor in front of a classroom to use the words, I don't know. But it's an invitation to inquiry. It's an invitation to students, hey, let's, let's figure this out together. Many years ago, as, as a fairly young professor, um, I had, another, I had an, an older professor tell me one time, I happened to see him coming back from his class early and he's, and and he was kind of frowning and i said i said to him so you let class out early huh says he said yeah which was kind of sassy of me to point out to a senior faculty member that he might have ditched work 20 minutes early um yeah i said what happened he said yeah he says i said okay he said yeah someone asked me a question and i didn't know the answer so I stopped the class. I want to come find the answer. I'm going to go back to, I'm going to go back uh, next class and give them the answer. That f- struck me as profound. Professors, the, the the classroom format where a professor stands in front of a classroom and provides a lecture is sometimes referred to as the speech on the stage approach. And the fact of the matter is we're not sages. We don't know everything. And so I have had time and again opportunity to take advantage of the lesson that professor taught me that day. It wasn't much longer. I I don't think it was the same semester, but somewhere somewhere a semester or two later where someone asked what I thought was a really good question. I'm like, I really don't know the answer to that. And I said, do we, and then I asked the class, do we need to know the answer to that before we can continue this lecture? Well, guess what the class is going to say, right? In every class, every, okay, every classroom you've ever been in, right, the student, the students are like, yeah, you let us out early, man, that'd be great. I'd like to, I'd like to get it. I'd like to get out of here early. And so they found a way to convince me that, yeah, we, we'd stop. So I left, I came back and answered that question and then we continued on it was a good experience and i've done it ever since if you can stump and i tell the classes at the beginning of the semester if there's a question you have that's relevant to the lecture that i can't answer the class will end we're going to go together and figure out the answer and that's where the next class will start and it's an important it's an important part of learning because you're engaging them in that process. Now, if go back to Mary Daly, right? She says, hey, we are not certain whether inflation is on track to return to 2%. We are unsure about the length of policy lags and whether they are behind us or still be fully realized. And we are uncertain about whether the dynamics we observe today are cyclical remnants and da-da-da-da, right? We don't know. And none of them have before. And she says, we don't know. And she's trying to make a case for why 
waiting for more information is important. And she that so she sticks the landing in my mind, at least with this last cut number ten, please. And the perils of deciding too quickly, racing to know, we are when we are not sure, are real. Declaring certainty without knowing is not just a missed forecast. It's a policy mistake. That, that's, enti- that's a very, very important piece. Now, I, I happen to believe that at some point you have to make a decision. You will not have 100% information. That's why I like prediction markets, because prediction markets re- end up getting people to bet real money, real profit and loss on whether or not a certain policy is right or wrong. I like those. I believe in using uh, uh, prediction markets in lots of different places, and even including in a university. I've thought about I've thought about how do I create a prediction market where we could predict enrollment. Um, I, I thought I think that'd be a that'd be a fun activity. Um, I've talked about that a little bit, and I get I mostly get eye rolls. I will tell you, most of my most of my colleagues are not interested in that. I still think I'm right, uh, but I, I think. I think this is a very bold statement to say. We have had no experience with the kinds of policies that have happened in the last three years, and there is uncertainty. Did the Fed make a mistake in 21? Yes. And even the Fed itself will say so. Jay Powell, who made the mistake, admits to it. Not not mea culpa, mea maxima culpa, but... but he says as much that, yeah, we, we, we probably didn't have to do everything we did back in 2020. And we probably, we probably started, we were probably behind the curve in 21. That's not a reason to start cutting rates sooner just because you were late last time. Okay, because you can make a mistake in the other direction. And I kind of buy that. I buy that quite a bit. But in this last segment coming up, I actually want to give you one piece of uh, of analysis that i read this week that actually would lead you to believe that the fed's behavior in being late at first and then raising rates rapidly might have a silver lining to it we'll do that right after this you're listening to the king banyan show on the biz 1440 just about a year ago i said out teamwork to stay safe on Minnesota roads during the winter. You can help when you see snow plows at work slow down. Slower speeds can save lives. Don't crowd the plow and leave plenty of space between yourself and other vehicles. Keep your headlights on to see and be seen. Avoid distractions and always stay alert behind the wheel. This message brought to you by the Minnesota Department of Transportation, the Minnesota Broadcasters Association, and this station. Every day, the men and women of the United States Marine Corps demonstrate their commitment to defend the American way of life. Since 1775, we have served our nation as a force in readiness. From combat operations to humanitarian assistance in every corner of the world. No matter where the mission takes us today, or wherever our country needs us tomorrow. We always remember the land we call home. As Marines, we take a stand for each other, for our nation, for us all. The few, the proud, the Marines. You and your business are online today more than ever. Most people are working from home and meeting via Internet, and that means IT structures are overtaxed and Wi-Fi is humming. An outage in one of your critical systems now could be a fatal blow to your operation. Arby's Computer Service is ready and able to help. Their staff is standing by and prepared to offer assistance. If your business IT system experiences a failure, give Arby's a call. 
Their professional team of certified computer and networking specialists is experienced in diagnosing and solving a wide range of issues. With Arby's Computer Service on the job, you'll never have to worry about dealing with IT-related issues on your own, whether it's for your personal system or business. Arby's Computer Service knows that Internet traffic is surging, and they're available now to help. You'll always get competitive pricing, trustworthy advice, and excellent customer service from Randy and his team at Arby's Computer Service. Giving your computer problems the boots. Arby's Computer Service. What is dedication? People ask how your children learn how to ride a bike, and you didn't. I just created an environment where they taught themselves, and all I had to do was be there. That's dedication. Visit fatherhood.gov to hear more. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Hi, everyone. This is Mary Carey from America's number one travel radio show, inviting you to join Robert and me and Rudy each Sunday as we cover the ever-evolving world of travel and explore the world together on RM World Travel. Tune in this Sunday evening at 7. Welcome back. King Banyan Show, The Biz 1440. Thank you very much for listening today. Uh, 651-289-4477 with any last-minute questions. 651-289-4477. What have we learned so far, right? First of all, first of all, oftentimes people will pick up data, memorize it, and use it as a crutch to make an argument that to support something without having a fuller understanding of, of that data. They, they don't have a theory that holds that together. There was the course I teach in forecasting was originally titled when I moved here back in the 80s, Business Cycles and Forecasting. And the business cycles part meant that we tied theory about how fluctuations happen in an economy to the to the I would argue art, it's not just a science, it's, it's as much art as it is science, of forecasting. It's why I, when I see people say we're practicing data science, I'm like, you're a little too confident there, buddy. Need to back off. And, and what we heard in, in the most recent part was, was, well, when you don't know about the data that you're receiving, President Daly says, you have tools to make changes if you need to. But you would make a mistake acting before you have enough information. And I'm emphasizing enough rather than all because you will never have all. Okay, at what point are you willing to bet your, your, bet your reputation or, or, or your actual money on something like that? But let me give you one more piece which I... <clears throat> tweeted using the hashtag pound KBRS on X, formerly known as Twitter, which is how it'll be known forevermore. X, formerly known as Twitter. Okay, it's sort of like it's sort of like what happened with Prince. Um, so, <laughs> I, I I wonder if uh, if Musk intended it that way. And that was um, that was uh, from a piece written by by an economist named uh, Zachary Barch, uh, and. Um, he writes at a blog called Economist Writing Every Day, uh, and uh, it's a group of seven, seven, they're all academic economists, um, and each takes a day, gets a day, and they, and they write about something in economics. I think this piece is really interesting, which is, which, which leads me to think maybe there's one thing that will happen from this particular experience that will turn out to be a good will turn out to be a good thing. The whole process of of investment um is that um it, it, the whole process of investment is that includes a lot of investment in the wrong stuff. Or you'll hear the term particularly among people who subscribe to the Austrian uh business cycle theory, they'll use the term malinvestment. I use that term from time to time too to get at the get at this particular point although I don't consider myself Austrian uh an Austrian economist I use that term malinvestment to sort of realize that during a boom during a time when you have low interest rates there will be investments in lots of stuff that might end up not paying off 
the process of the process of economic growth means we have to have people taking chances on investing in different ideas, some which will be good, some which won't be good. Put another way, if you've never failed, you haven't tried enough. Right? I'll say that again. If you never fail, then either you're omniscient and omnipotent, and I'm going to bet you're not, or you are, you, or you simply aren't trying anything until you're really, really sure. You're, you're too timid, and you will never get very far by being too afraid to ever make a mistake. But that means that there are times where, where, where we'll see investments into things that turn out to be terrible ideas, and they almost always happen at times of very low interest rates. The rapid increase in interest rates in the last year and a half will have the effect, Barch says, Professor Barch says, that it will move a lot of bad investment ideas out of, move a lot of capital out of old investment ideas into new investment ideas, as long as we don't get bad government policy getting in the way. Okay? So there can be things that get in the way, like we probably have seen too much investment in in renewable energy because of low interest rates. And a lot of that's going to be protected by government policy. That's 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 the bad part of this. That combination is bad, but interest high a rapid increase in interest rates in and of itself should move a lot of capital out of places where it turns out to be a bad idea to places where it's a good idea. And that to have that happen without seeing a massive increase in unemployment, without seeing negative GDP, would be really remarkable. But the fact of the matter is we don't know and we won't know. That is a little too hard to predict. But that's the economy that we're experiencing right now. A massive amount of, of, of investment caused by low interest rates that now has to figure out which ones of these will survive in a world of high interest rates and which one of these are going to get pushed to the side. Um, that's the uncertainty and wor- the uncertain world into which many folks like President Daly are pushed. We'll be back to talk with you in a week or two. Uh, back, uh, thank you, Spencer, for your work here. See you here on the King Banyan Show on The Biz 1440. Are you certain that your forever after is taken care of with your retirement plan? Tune in to this week's Money Matters with Alan Mike. They'll be discussing how to build confidence in and remain confident in retirement. After all, peace of mind in retirement will make your golden years much more enjoyable. Alan Mike will share with you five ways to remain confident in retirement. Listen to Money Matters with Alan Mike, 2 p.m. Sunday on The Biz 1440, or call them right now at 855-231-6010. This is Dennis Prager. Now you can listen to my show when it's convenient for you, and without censorship from big tech, become a member of the ultimate online community for all things Prager. It's Pragertopia Unlimited. Listen to the show on demand when it's easiest for you. This includes every radio show, every segment, and every guest over the last 10 years, and it's commercial-free. You can even share your favorite segments with your friends. Plus, you'll get the same email from Alan Estrin that I receive every night about the most important issues to read about. Pragertopia Unlimited members can also listen to every program, lecture, and course that is in the Prager store. Thousands of hours. You can even listen to all my Torah teachings for free. Share my passion for free speech. Join today and save 25% off the first year and get a free Pragertopia coffee mug. It's all things Prager, Pragertopia Unlimited. Go to Pragertopia.com or click the banner at DennisPrager.com. China is attacking the U.S. patent system, stealing American innovations, and we are helping them do it. The Chinese Communist Party intends to surpass us and to be the world leader in innovative technology. Innovation Race, the shocking new movie from the Tea Party Patriots, exposes the truth. 
China will use her own technology to threaten our economic and military security. Dominating technology means you dominate the world itself. This is a race that we cannot afford to lose because we're not going to have a country. If China gains control over 5G technology with a flip of a switch, they could remotely turn off our phones, our cars, even our power grid. We've lost sight of what it is to protect this nation. We need to up our game. In today's high-tech world, there's no prize for second place. Watch Innovation Race. Available now on demand or DVD at SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The greatest red carpet you'll ever walk is through your front door. We're Dr. Josh and Christy Straub, marriage and leadership coaches and hosts of the Famous at Home podcast. With a realistic, grace-filled look at the struggles families face today, we cover topics designed to help you become a rock star under your roof, set healthy rhythms between work and home, and build a rock-solid marriage. To listen now, go to lifeaudio.com or search Famous at Home on your favorite podcast platform. Bears, Bulls, and even Black Swan. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.